Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Hello, beautiful book nerds. We're all here at home, but we all can turn to books for company. Visit MatthewCWinner.com and click on Shop in order to support independent bookstores while supporting your favorite bookmakers and kidlit podcasters. Same books, same great prices, but this time your dollars make a difference for someone or some indie trying to make a difference. Go to MatthewCWinner.com and click on Shop to choose your next great read. I was reflecting on how many times we've spoken over over the years, I can say over the years, but also mm-hmm. over the over the the, the life of this podcast, which is now nearly seven right. years old, right? Yeah, yeah. And it brought me back, I'm like a little weepy, it brought me back <laughs> to how um, the very first time I talked to you, we talked about Fred Rogers. And oh, really? now we did. <laughs> um, wow. I don't remember if it was on or off recording, I'd have to go listen to it, but I remember yeah. it, because I remember talking about your space and your inspiration and you talking about how you have this picture over yeah. your desk right right yeah and that's so cool it just it just it's such a it's just a special oh, a special moment you know to what to talk to you again. i think i remember it may have been one of the, like the questions at the end where it was something about a kickball, the kickball team. thing who do you want to bring think, i think i said mr rogers that's awesome yeah yeah <laughs> Cool. I totally forgot. I mean, I know I talk about him a lot with everybody. I, sure. Pretty much everybody I meet. But uh, that's so cool that we we talked about that way back when. That's great. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number five ninety four. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today, I'm joined by Matthew Cordell, author and illustrator of Hello, Neighbor, The Kind and Caring World of Mr. Rogers. Matt was first on the show back in 2015 for a book called Wish. At the time, I used to close each episode with this question. I'm assembling an all-star kidlit kickball team. Who would you want to be on your team? Fred Rogers. He answered without hesitation. Like many... I've watched Matt's career over the past decade, and I've been moved by the stories he's chosen to work on. The works are often quiet, centering on children, and speak strongly about safety, protection, 
and care. Matt's newest book, Welcomes into the World, his first work of nonfiction, and it centers the life of a man which many, many of us are inseparably familiar. In a journey 10 years in the making, Hello Neighbor is the first authorized picture book biography of Fred Rogers, and it resonates with the soul and mission and gentle approach of the man himself. Please welcome my guest, Matthew Cordell, author and illustrator of Hello Neighbor, The Kind and Caring World of Mr. Rogers. Hi, my name is Matthew Cordell. I'm an author and illustrator of uh, many picture books, illustrator of many picture books as well by other authors and chapter books and poetry books. And um, my newest book is called Hello Neighbor, The Kind and Caring World of Mr. Rogers. And it's my first go at um, nonfiction as well as uh, biography. So I'm really excited to talk about it today. I know that... First, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I know, Matt, from knowing you for, for a couple years, um, how much that uh, Fred Rogers meant in your life, as well as, as something that I share, too, that he meant a lot in my childhood as well. And to know uh, that that you were able to put that imprint, that care into um, this book, this biography is, is something that uh, I couldn't not see while I was reading it. It was, it's a really beautiful book, Matt. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah. I've, I grew up with um, what I guess I think of as sort of the golden age of um, children's um, programming on PBS, which would have been, for me, it was, I remember uh, Sesame Street, of course, which is endured, um, Electric Company, which I, I don't remember much about the Electric Company, but I remember liking it when I was a kid. And, uh, and of course, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. So I, I grew up watching and loving Mr. Rogers. And, um, I've thought about him throughout the years as I grew up, but didn't really didn't think heavily about him again until I became a dad myself. And, and it showed up that Mr. Rogers neighborhood showed up again on my television. And it was just a huge moment in my life, which was, it was really interesting um, and surprising to find it again. And then to be as moved as I was by it when I did find it again as an adult and as a dad. Yeah. When my son, who's nine, when he was young, we found it again on maybe Amazon or something, some streaming service. And I then became aware mm -hmm. that, that Mr. Rogers had been on air for decades, 900 yeah. something episodes, and a yeah, wild amount of programming, which also then speaks to, generations of people having mm -hmm. him in their life and, and how special mm -hmm. it was then that I could share it with, with my son. But also at that point when, when my son was a kid, um, Daniel Tiger's neighborhood uh, was just starting and, and to carry song and that world of make-believe uh, mm -hmm. was something special as well. Yeah. I, I think the thing that, that really struck me when I, when I sort of was reintroduced to it was 
um, how different it is, you know, how, yeah. how strikingly different it is to, of, of course, what's on now, but even at, at its own, in its own time, it, it's just so different. It's so calm and quiet and um, uh, patient and curious and in ways where everything is so fast, you know, everybody's trying to kind of kind of get out their point as quickly as possible and and just make you like double over with laughter and like there's not a whole lot going on in terms of 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 picking apart people's emotions and taking the time to 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 listen to someone and, and speak to someone sort of the inner the inner child you know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of sort of fast-paced flashy um entertainment i think in general but in television especially and um i was just so surprised how different it was and and how centered he he is he was he is you know in in the television program and um i i was just i was just really i don't know i i needed to know more about him you know like because it, these are things that I didn't really pick up on when I was a kid. I didn't really think, oh, this show is is so different. You know, it's it's really it's it's really you know unique and 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 revolutionary and in all these different ways. Um, wasn't thinking that as a child, you know, but as an adult when I saw it and I and I and I'm realizing all these things, I felt like I needed to I needed to know more about what he was like as a person and. Usually when that happens, there's a, there's a, there's a, for me at least, when I, when I poke around and, and, and try to learn more about someone in their real life, like there's a, there's always sort of a, a, a disappointment involved with that, you know, like I have such high expectations of creators <laughs> whose work I really love that I think, oh, when I learn more about this person, they're going to be just as, just as amazing um, as their work is, and then and then it's sometimes it's disappointing, you know. So I was kind of embracing myself for that, and then when I when I when I started to look up, you know, what he was like as a person, and and realizing that he really was just like Mister Rogers, you know, Fred Rogers was Mister Rogers, and um, you know, this really um, it's really uh, it's really caring and um loving and patient you know i keep saying patient but i feel like patience is sort of a it's a it's a trait that is not always appreciated in today's world um so it is it's so striking to find someone who's patient and sort of zen like you know and and uh to see that he was like that and he was a, he was such a, an advocate for children and um you know, he 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 loved children, but he also respected them in a way where he felt like he 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 learned from children. You know, it wasn't always a situation where like children could learn from him. There was so much about him that was um, he would just sit back and 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 learn from them and and the things that they say and do and and I feel like that a lot. You know, when I visit schools and when I'm around my own kids too, it's uh. I feel like I'm I'm sort of blessed that I have the company of children so much in my life because they give so much to me 
and all of these things put together, it just, it just made, it just really inspired me to, to the point of where I thought, you know, I should try to, I should try to tell his story in the way that I know how best, you know, I should, I should try to write and illustrate a picture book about Mr. Rogers. Well, I'm, I, I can't wait to talk about this picture book that you made because it, it welcomes children into a world in a way that acknowledges that you might not know what this show is. Mm -hmm. It's an important show to me, but I don't think any less of you just because you might not know what it is. Let yeah. me, let me, you know, show it to you. It's, it's a, it's, it was a beautiful, well, I'll, I'll, I'll jump to the middle before I, I start in the beginning. If you, if I, if you don't mind yeah, that, sure. is, that there's a moment when, when suddenly you use the word we, and I realized that this whole time you're telling about this man's life and suddenly here, if I read some of the line, if you don't mind it, it's, it, mm -hmm. it reads, um, this is we're, we're talking about how Mr. Rogers would take us into his neighborhood. And it reads, mm -hmm. Fred realized that children were naturally curious about the world around them. So as Mr. Rogers, he often took us out of his home to meet new people and discover new places we found out how to make how people make things, how workers do their jobs. We even met world famous artists in the neighborhood like Eric Carle, Yo Yo Ma, and Margaret Hamilton. Each day in the neighborhood, we spent time pretending when Trolley took us from Fred's television house to the neighborhood of make believe. There's a mm -hmm. there's a, a an inclusivity there that that I think that I think honors your readers in a way that says y you were and and are a part of this world that Mr. Rogers built uh, even without you knowing it yet. Hmm. It's that interesting cuz yeah, I I guess that was sort of an intuitive decision cuz I never even <laughs> actually thought about it too much, you know, that uh that I spoke in that voice, but I think I think there's probably some truth to that in thinking um, he's just as much. I mean, it sounds weird to say it this way, but I think it kind of makes sense that he's just as much, you know, mine as he is everyone else's, you know, and um, and maybe by saying we and 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 sort of using that sort of a uh, inclusive pronoun that. Uh, it becomes a shared experience, you know, just like a book is. So it, um, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe it was all just kind of an intuitive shift in language there. It's neat the way that, that that's how your writing voice presented itself because the way that the, the beats work in the, in the book is that we start off meeting Fred and learning that he was a child who was introspective and shy and was bullied um, and really loved to play and and explore whimsy. And when the when the the show starts, you bring us the book opens on set. But when we are brought mm -hmm. back into the television program, we are are almost brought in through the TVs that you have illustrated. Children watching TVs, and then we're there on set, and we meet Mr. McFeely. We meet the different neighbors, and it's after meeting those neighbors that that 
we came to know on the program. But that, then you bring us to that line that I read. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like in, in the way that, in the way that, that I'm, I can't help but speak from nostalgia, I think too, the mm-hmm. way that, that I too felt ownership in that show, in the people he met. It it was an episode. I don't even know what episode it was, but one that we were watching with my son when he was very young, when Mr. Rogers went to see a bell choir and right away, mm. my wife realized that that was Westminster choir college where she went to school oh, and cool. it was in whatever hall she named. Uh, and, and it, was a director that she knew. And it was one of those moments of like, you know, people in his neighborhood, Mm -hmm. it was just a wild, a wild thing because of, of how transformative it was to see this sort of model town, this model train town almost Mm -hmm. that he would walk to, uh, and have it be real locations. And yet, of course these were real locations. He wasn't staging things. Mm -hmm. He really was inviting us out into our world and so mm-hmm. as you use that that we pronoun, especially, Matt, as you use it, quite frankly, as we're entering the world of make-believe, I just felt like that, that was, a, that was a, an important thing to notice, that that's, that's where uh, the readers really were affirmed that you're, you're part of this story, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that, uh, and I think that sort of, that was, was and is, you know, a good part of the magic of the show is that uh, he himself was extremely inclusive of uh, of everyone. You know, he he wanted to know he wanted to know all he could about everyone, and he wanted to include everyone in the show. And um, but also it 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 was a it was a a joined shared experience. You know, so it always felt like. Um, it was interesting because when you watch the show, it feels like, in a way, he's only talking to you, like the one person. Yeah. But at the same time, you feel you know that it's not that. So you also feel this this um, this shared um, experience, knowing that other people are watching it or had have watched it or had watched it at one time. Um, so there's there's like a it's just a neat sort of synergy in the way that that the show works, you know. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is the point in the show where I share one of our awesome sponsors that helps keep the lights on. Maybe it's an audiobook site, or a writing retreat center, or a subscription box, or really anything that is relevant to the work we're doing at and through the Children's Book Podcast. If you or someone you know wants to learn more about advertising on the show, visit matthewcwinner.com slash contact and send me an email. Rates are affordable, and I'm happy to work with you to see what best meets your needs. Happy listening. What you were saying earlier about Patience being a word that, that came up over and over as you were describing uh, Fred's life. And I think about how that show, maybe more than any show that I've, I've ever seen, 
And it's funny that we don't have copycat shows of of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because of mm-hmm. what it was. But maybe because no one could do what Fred did. It was so much him. Mm-hmm. But the way that he would look directly into camera at at us and the way that he would wait is something I've come back to in teaching mm-hmm. because we have that term wait time where you're supposed mm-hmm. to ask your class a question but then give them time to process right. and to think of an answer. And I think I go right back to watching that show but- and how there was just, there was blank space. There was time to, mm-hmm. to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, I mean, that's something that I struggle with, you know? Um, I mean, I, I feel like I can be a patient person and I can do that sort of uh, I can I can allow a little bit of uh you know you know uh, empty quiet space between <laughs> thoughts you know but even now it's like as we're talking you know um I'm I in I my impulse is to keep I can't just not talk or I can't have you talk <laughs> I feel like if you're not talking I need to be talking or vice versa so it's like but I I love that so much about him, how he would just, he was, he was okay with that, you know, um, he was okay with some silence here and there or introspection where, where you're, 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 you know, contemplating an answer or you're, um, you're listening to someone who is contemplating an answer. So it's, uh, it's hard, you know, it's hard to, to be comfortable with that. I just feel like I, I you know, especially in today's culture, you know, it's uh, where everyone wants to, you don't want there to be any dead air, you know, <laughs> you, you want to fill every last corner of, uh, of your life with something. It can't just be um, quiet, you know, it's difficult, especially, you know, when you think about social media, how it, it's like you have to, you have to be stimulated um, by something at all times. And so I think, all of those things together, it creates a like a difficulty in in allowing things to just play out. You know, it's like yeah. I yeah. think that when I think of the show, and when he was quiet, mm-hmm. there was you could you could look him in the eye, and feel like, but it's not just quiet. He he's contemplating mm-hmm. his response, and I can see him thinking. Or he's waiting for me to respond. It's not, we have programming now that is sort of call and response. I think of uh, like Dora the Explorer when, when my kids were watching that growing up. Right. Oh, it was, what's this word? What choice mm-hmm. is that? And I understand that interactivity. But to really, there's a this is song that's coming to my head um, by one of my favorite bands called The Head and the Heart, where they mm-hmm. sing, just for a moment, let's be still. Mm-hmm. And that thought of just, having a quiet moment and how you can become transfixed in that space. I'm, I'm glad that that magic worked on you, Matt, and that mm-hmm. it, it brought us to this book. But where yeah. I want to make sure we acknowledge um, in this story is that this is, this is an authorized picture book biography of Mr. Rogers. Yeah. We've had a number of books come out. I think there must've been um, with his passing, there must've been like rights to, be able to publish these books and they're beautiful biographies. Um, mm-hmm. Yours not only is authorized, but but as I said, 
I feel like yours is doing something different because it's really not just speaking of the man, but speaking of the show and what mm-hmm. what's waiting there. So I wonder what what this process of of I don't know pitching this book or or getting the green light to make this what what was all that like for you? Yeah, it was a it was a really long process. You know, I I uh, I mean I can go back to more than ten years ago. Like when my ten my daughter years ago. yeah yeah yeah. So <laughs> my daughter is eleven, and we were watching PBS. Like I would sometimes just have it on, like in the background, because I was a stay at home dad in her youngest years and. There was a period of time where that was really scary for me. <laughs> she was our firstborn, and um, she was premature. So there were all these issues. Um, I kept, I was really afraid I wouldn't know what to do, or I would mess something up. Or, I mean, I think a lot of parents probably deal with that. But one of my kind of comforts was just to have the television on in the background because it was just me and her, you know, and. And so it would just get pr- provided like a little background noise, but also someone talking, you know, and and so I felt like a safe place to have it on was was PBS kids, you know. And so um, that's how I first I, it just came on one afternoon. I was hanging out with with my, you know, infant daughter and and Mr. Rogers comes on and, and it was just it stopped me, you know, like uh, the sound of the, the opening sounds, you know, it just, it really, it really brings you back. It brought me back to when I was like three, four years old, like instantly. And then watching it all the way through, that's when I started having those feelings like, wow, this was so unique. This was so, he was such an interesting person. And I was having all these feelings and that was like, over 10 years ago, you know, and then I, I must have started watching it every day and it didn't take me long to start thinking like, I want to make this into a book. How do I do that? And it just, I was so, I was so intimidated by doing, um, something new to me, you know, nonfiction biography and also someone whose life I really respected, whose work I really respected. So I just sat on it and nobody at that time was talking about Mr. Rogers. This was like, this was, um, I mean, he obviously was still a known, uh, personality. He was a known, you know, historical figure, but nobody was really thinking about him back in those days. And that's why I thought, you know, I want to really bring his story to today's families. You know, I want to, I kept thinking, I want to be the guy, <laughs> I want to be the guy that like shows the world again, how awesome he oh. is, you know? <laughs> and, but again, this is like one of those things where you're, you have this great, what you think is a great idea, but it's, it's foreign territory. So you just sit on it for a while and maybe you're busy with other things and you think like, I'll get to it, you know, I'll get to it. And, um, I just sat on it and sat on it and, you know, little by little, little things would happen in my life. Like, um, my family, we love to go to comic book conventions and there's a couple great ones every summer here in Chicago. And it turned out, you know, Mr. McFeely, the, uh, David Newell, the, the man who played Mr. McFeely was appearing randomly at a comic book convention. So we went and met him and I kept thinking, Oh, I'm gonna, maybe I'll talk to him about how I have this book idea. And I, I was too like, shy to do it you know he was such a sweet person though i mean such a 
such a such a sweet man. And then I'm I actually I um when I first met you in person, it was at a, a, a teacher Chicago. conference. Yep. It was in it was in Columbus, Ohio, yeah. actually. And um, I also met there. Well, I didn't meet him, but we became closer friends. I would say Jonathan Oxier. Yeah. And Jonathan is from Pittsburgh, or he lives in Pittsburgh. And he's um, he's lived there for many years with his family and. I was talking to him about this book idea and he said, Oh, well, I think I know someone who, uh, who either knows someone on the show or worked on the show. And so he said, you really should, I'm going to get, I'm going to email this person. And I was thinking like, Oh man, don't do it. You know, (laughs) I'm like, I'm really (laughs) nervous about this whole thing. And so he did it and he sent me the email and, and, uh, and it was it was David Newell, you know, it was like wow. Mr. McFeely. And so I got in touch with him and I ended up talking with him on the phone. And, you know, he's such a sweet, supportive person. That was his nature. You could just tell. And uh, so we talked a bit about what it might take. I mean, he still works with the company sort of as a as a consultant in a sort of consultant type role. But he's mostly retired and. So, you know, one thing led to another, and it was still, this was still probably seven, eight years ago, and um, it just took me a while to really, one, find a chunk of time to really research something and write up, just kind of write out a full manuscript, and two, just to kind of work up the nerve again to do it, and then as time was inching on, you know, I kept start, I would start to see, like, memes and stuff popping up with you know fred rogers quotes and it was kind of exciting like oh people really love him you know like i'm not the only one who loves fred rogers you know so that that's kind of a cool thing you know people really love him they love his his legacy his memory so if i do make a book you know people will really rally around it but at the same time it was kind of like uh oh you know People are really, you know, talking about it. So if I don't do this, like someone else is going to get to it first. And, uh, and, you know, things like that kept popping up. And then, and then like, it was like the 50th anniversary, um, was coming up of the first, the first episode. So it would have been close to, you know, 2017, 2018. And, uh, and then people were, you know, there was all that there's a documentary that really great documentary came out and there was an announcement that Tom Hanks was going to be in this biopic and, and, uh, you know, there was a lot of buzz all of a sudden. And then I'm thinking, oh man, I'm done. You know, like I'm never going to be able to do this. <laughs> and, uh, but still like there, nobody was talking about a picture book biography and I'm like, well, I got to really, I got to really do this. So, you know, I, I found an editor, Neil Porter, who really wanted to do it with me. And, and, uh, I was trying to get in touch with the company, you know, Fred Rogers productions. And it, it wasn't super easy at first, even though I had that sort of connection with David Newell, he wasn't really at the company as much anymore. So I was trying to get through to them and I was like, I sent him this really long, thoughtful letter and uh, talked about my my respect and love for Mr. Rogers and Fred Rogers and Mr. Rogers' neighborhood and and uh, I feel like there was a little bit of uh, skepticism, you know, like because uh, when you say you know I'm an author and illustrator, that can mean that can mean anything, you yes. know. <laughs> um, I mean, anybody can say that. I mean, not to not to belittle 
people that are self-published or um but anybody in this day and age can can make a book you know of any quality and uh so i think them being from the world of television me being from a totally different world there was kind of a just sort of like a um maybe a skepticism maybe like a just an unfamiliarity of like who I was and what I could do and what I have done. And, and then, you know, Wolf in the Snow won the Caldecott medal. <laughs> so I sent them a copy of the book with the sticker on there, you know, the, the golden sticker. And then, and then at that point, the conversation took a, a nice turn in the right direction. And, um, and we were able to I was really able to sit down with them and 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 talk to them in, at length on the phone and tell them what it was I wanted to do and how much I really loved Fred Rogers and how much I wanted to honor him. And and at that point, you know, we we all came to a a, a deal, you know, like a a working relationship. And uh, and and the thing is, is I, I only wanted to do a Fred Rogers biography, if it was going to be legitimate, if it was going to be authorized and if, and, and if my book somehow, um, contributed to, uh, whatever company lived on in his name or his family's, you know, estate or something, I didn't want to do a book that I would profit off of individually. You know, I just felt like he meant so much to me that I just wouldn't want to make a book about his life and, and not somehow give back to something that was important to him. So, um, so there was that side of it, but the, it being authorized, um, if it was not authorized, I would not be able to talk about the characters. I would not be able to talk about the show hardly at all. Um, so that, that part was extremely important to me because I felt like if I didn't talk about the, how special his creation was, his ideas. Um, it wouldn't be doing service to the complete story, you know. If I if I didn't have access to um, portraying the characters and their names and their uh, likenesses, uh, it wouldn't be the full picture of what it was that made him such a special person. And so, I wouldn't I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have moved forward with it if I couldn't do it authorized. Um, so yeah, all of that was so important to me and, and I just kept at it. You know, I kept, I never stopped. <laughs> um, I never stopped thinking about it, but I, at once I really started, once I really pounded out my first manuscript, which was super long, you know, it was like, <laughs> it was like a short, short middle grade, you know, <laughs> I just I just wanted to write everything that I loved about him, you know, and it was just super long and, and I knew it was long and I knew I needed to find an editor who could help me kind of uh, who could help me pick out, you know, what was important and what didn't need to be say, said and uh, and Neil, you know, he's so great at uh, he's so great at um, picture book biographies. He's done so many fantastic ones in his career that um, I I had hoped I could work with him from the beginning, and I'm so glad we were able to make that work. Well, you went from having a gold shiny sticker of a man riding a horse on Wolf in the <laughs> Snow to uh -huh. this wonderful gold, not quite as shiny, 
but um, <laughs> metal with King Friday on the cover, which yeah. I adore. And I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. In however the process of working with Neil turned out, I love that the language here is is just metered enough to allow us to take in the art while there's this narration that's accompanying it. And then you've got this robust back matter that not only mm-hmm. connects the the symbols and the images that you see, um, but also some of the, the characters. And, and I mean, I quite frankly, I think one of the most affecting things for me was um, the opening of the book when, when Fred is at the piano and you just, have this wonderful spread of, of all of these feelings and ideas and thoughts coming out of it. And at the end mm-hmm. you close the story um, in a similar way. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it just, I don't know, Matt cover to cover. It's a, it's a beautiful love letter. You've done a really wonderful job and you've given, you've given exactly the tools needed for folks not aware of the program or of the man to to know but also to step away from the book with the same i think resonance the same feeling of yes. of of what it means to to connect with the program you end the whole i mean i love whenever you bring up the his music because i mean mm-hmm. his music was everything uh yeah. as soon as i saw the um you mentioned it somewhere in the text the song that goes there are many different ways to say I love you, which is one of my favorite songs that he does. Yeah, me too. Which you end with a quote, the song, you're a very special person. There's only one person like you in the whole world. There's never been anyone exactly like you before, and there will never mm-hmm. be again. And people mm-hmm. can like you just because you're you. Yeah. I always love that quote from him. I mean, that was such an important part of his message was letting children know how unique, how singular and how valued they are. Um, and, and how distinct, you know, how, what, how, how their contribution to the world is so different from any other person's. And I always thought that was interesting because that he, that he, that he said that because he was that, you know, he was yeah. so much that. And he was, the special thing about him being that and him saying that is he, the type of person that he was, everything that I know about him, he would never acknowledge that. He would not be the first person to say, oh, I'm very, I'm very special. You know, he wouldn't, he was so <laughs> humble and selfless that he would probably be uncomfortable if he started, you know, you know, showering him with that sort of, uh, adoration, you know? So all of that combined in that single statement is, is one of my favorite things that he would, uh, it was one of my favorite things about his mission in life was to tell people how singular and unique and special they are. And that was the way that he ended the show every time, you know, by saying that. So that's how I wanted to end this book is sort of, um, with that same sort of goodbye, but not goodbye. It's sort of a, you know, goodbyes can be painful. They can be sad. Um, but his goodbye was, was empowering, you know, it was uplifting. And that's, I knew that's how, how I wanted to, to end the book in the same, 
sentiment that he ended every episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. But, um, yeah, I mean, everything about this book, it's been so important to me for so many years that I would sort of draft it in my head, you know, like, this is how I'm going to start it. I I knew, like, early on I was going to start it with the flashing yellow uh, traffic light, you know, because <laughs> that's how that was an important symbol to him for people to slow down when they start the episode of Mr. Rogers Neighborhood and take in all of the things that were about to be said. And and, uh, and I knew like there are a lot of great uh, picture book biographies that take a slice of someone's life, you know, and they they use that to sort of tell you just enough about that person that you might understand what they became as an adult or um, I knew I wanted to do kind of an old school, I guess, all inclusive from beginning to end biography. You know, I didn't just want to do the slice of life because again, like everything about him, his childhood, his adulthood, his, his creativity, his message, his television program, the way that he treated people, um, that he worked with, I wanted to tell it all, you know, like I, I was being kind of greedy, I guess I wanted to, I wanted to tell everything that I loved about him. There's no way I could have gotten, I could have gotten by with just doing like a piece of his life. Like I needed to do it all. And, uh, so I was drafting it years and years that was going by, like, this is what I'm going to say that one apart, this part, you know, and like, but actually, the doing it in your head and actually doing it on paper is are two different things, and that that sort of gap in between is what I think a lot of us struggle with. You know, um, having an idea, committing to it, and starting it, and getting it, getting the ball rolling. That's such a huge obstacle to overcome, and it definitely was for me uh, for this book. But yeah, it was. It's. When I think about it, it really is like such a labor of love for me. Um, and I don't even want to say labor because labor makes it sound like it was, you know, it was a sort of a struggle. And, and I guess it was in some ways, but it, every moment that I was actually working on it was just, it was bliss. I mean, like once I knew, like I, I get to make this book, you know, like once everyone like was was happy to make the book and ready to make the book, meaning my publisher and Fred Rogers productions. It was just bliss. Like every moment, you know, it was just, uh, such a blessing that I, that I got to do it Hmm. after all those years and, and that I could do it and, and say it with my own voice, you know, like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to put it into words sometimes, but, um, it's just it's just been so satisfying, you know, to to see it, and now now that it's out, um, to be able to finally share it with people and and share, you know, with people hopefully that that aren't familiar with uh, with him and and his television program, and I don't know. I mean, I could talk about this for days. I love <laughs> just I, like, I yeah. I'm just I'm enjoying the ride. I yeah think about how you hand drew and hand painted this book for all of us. And I think yeah. about um, how I see the numbers one, four, three coming up throughout the book and how mm-hmm. <laughs> I somehow wish that that could be the episode number for the show. 
Um, right. But I, that I think, would be great. <laughs> but I, think, I mean, I should say, like, mm-hmm. I want, I want to add. Um, I was so, <laughs> I was so in, you know, just enamored with the process that when I did draw the book, when it came time to draw it, I had, uh, I had a, I had a cardigan sweater. <laughs> <laughs> that I would take out of my closet and put on, and I had a pair of Sperry uh, navy blue shoes that I would put on, and like I just, it was just such a joy, you know, like to 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 make this book that I just had so much fun, like and and that I, I don't know, I just I wanted to just kind of be able to to to, I don't know, just like enjoy every second in in the fullest way possible so it was yeah i don't know why i had to interrupt you to say that but no i'm glad that you got to enjoy it i'm glad i think that to know that that that's what is on the page and that's what was in your heart it's a great place to be so i think the way we need to end the way that i always end on this show uh, is to bring it right back to those readers. So, Matt, I'm going to end this way by saying that I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Yeah, I mean, there's so many messages, um, especially right now when we're all stuck at home and we're all maybe scared of everything and scared of leaving our homes, but... Uh, and then maybe not knowing who to believe about things. But I think um, when I think about Fred, I think uh, I think so many things. There were so many comforting messages from Fred. But I think the thing that, that helps me on a daily basis, and I actually think, you know, a lot of times throughout my life, my adult life, and especially since I've, been connect been close to mr rogers again as i often think when i'm scared or um angry especially about someone or something i think uh, you know what would fred do you know what would what would mr rogers do what would he think if i did this if i reacted um in an angry way to someone or in an impatient way uh, I think about that a lot, like, because he was such an important person, and I think, to me, he was such an important person. He was such a centered person, and uh, so I think, like, what would, what would his reaction be? What would, what would his reaction be to this situation, and what would his reaction be to my reaction in this situation? And I think the thing that one of the things that I think about most that he said, I come to it time and time again I just think it's so profound and so simple at the same time which is what he was really is uh when he said um there are three ways to ultimate success the first way is to be kind the second way is to be kind and the third way is to be kind and I think about that all the time every day I think um because I'm not always the nicest person I don't think anybody can be the nicest person and and you you react in different ways, but uh, I think if we could all just deal, if we could all do with a little more kindness in our lives and and uh, towards ourselves, towards others, I think that's going to make the world s- such a better place. And especially now, I think we all need a lot more kindness in our lives. 
The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 600 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the free music archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and don't reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Become a patron, and you can directly impact and help to sustain the podcast. Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.